We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Everybody, welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. Before I bring in Fachi, wanted to do a quick post-game recap of the NBA All-Star Game. Obviously, we did not know which team Tyrese Halliburton was going to be on, but he was drafted to Team LeBron. He was the fourth overall pick for Team LeBron, eighth overall in the actual All-Star Draft. So good to see him in the reserves get the fourth pick for LeBron. So he was not the last pick, and it was an awesome opportunity for him to be with the guy that he wanted to be with. Tyrese did say earlier in some media that he wanted to be picked by LeBron. Thought it'd be really cool to throw LeBron an alley-oop, and unfortunately that did not happen. So kind of interesting here because this was a very lackluster game. Did not enjoy this All-Star game as as much as I have enjoyed the other ones. The Elam ending is, is a fun little concept for sure, but definitely not the same dramatic ending that it's been over the last couple of years. And, I think part of that is because Giannis played just uh, one minute. He scored a basket, took a foul, took himself out of the game. Then LeBron got hurt in the first half, and he only finished with 13 points and no Steph Curry. So I definitely think there was just, you know, no Kevin Durant, no Zion. It's just one of those things where it's uh, not, it wasn't a bad game. Obviously, it's an all star game, it's an exhibition game, but it just felt like nobody really, really tried. I think the most like entertaining thing was probably Jalen Brown versus Jason Tatum down the stretch. Now, Jason Tatum finished with an all-star game career high, 55 points. Donovan Mitchell had 40 points behind him. They led Team Giannis. And then for Team LeBron, looks like Jalen Brown, 35 points off the bench was the highest score. Embiid and Irving had 32. And then Tyrese Halliburton, surprisingly, fourth. Fourth in scoring for Team LeBron with 18 points. On 7-9 shooting, he had three assists as well in just 14 minutes. So 
Halliburton did get to play all of the fourth quarter there towards the end, and he was making some big buckets, especially from the three-point line for Team LeBron. So just just good to see him out there playing with the other All-Stars and getting that recognition that he deserves. So, you know, he was on the same team as LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, Julius Randle, Jaron Jackson Jr., Paul George, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brown, Anthony Edwards, and Zion Williamson was on that team as well, but he did not play. So it was kind of cool to, you know, see him go up against some of those other guys and play with those other guys too. But Dame Lillard hit the final shot. Uh, former Pacer, DeMontis Sabonis, had a nice alley-oop pass to Jason Tatum in this game. And, you know, Paul George, 4-13, not the greatest night for him. 0 of 9 from 3. So uh, PG-13 was not feeling it from outside. But, you know, it's always interesting to see two, you know, guys that wore the Pacers uniform playing with each other. So really awesome time there for Tyrese. But other than that, I thought the All-Star game was, you know, cool. It, it, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, you know, Halliburton got the recognition that he deserves, and that's what All-Star Weekend is all about. The win and the loss does not really matter. So congrats, Tyrese. You did Indiana Proud, and let's go ahead and bring on Mike Focci right after the break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everybody, so now we're going to go ahead and jump into what happened on Friday and Saturday night at All-Star Weekend. Fachi, I'll let you decide. What do you want to start with first here? Let's go to the three-point contest. That that one involved the most Pacers. Okay, yeah. I mean, so Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hill, I mean, both made the finals, obviously. Really good shot for the Pacers to finally have a, a winner from their team of the three-point contest. They, they fall just one point shy to Dame, but I think the most impressive thing was one – seeing them both in the finals. I mean, I think that was really cool. But number two, Reggie Miller calling it, predicting that the Pacers were going to win. I mean, there's just so much storylines here, Fachi. I don't even know where you want to start. Yeah, no, there there is a lot. I mean, first, I guess we could start out by, look, you and I, and so did the rest of the Pacer Nation, hoped we would see Buddy versus Halliburton in the finals. We did get that. Unfortunately, neither guy won, but they were in the, the final three with Damian Lillard. And then that the league had it set up where if you hit 30 points in a round, it triggered a $300,000 donation. Mm. Our very own Tyrese Halliburton came out the gates hot in round one with 31 points. Yeah. Got that $300,000 donation. And, you know, it very much felt like this could be Halliburton's for the taking. Uh, but obviously, you know, Buddy, solid round. And Damian Lillard, like we mentioned, rounded out uh, the top three or the final three, if you want to put it that way. 
Yeah. So let me ask you this because it's it's one of those things where I find it really interesting. Number one, I like that you know they have eight contestants. Now mm-hmm. I could have done without Julius Randle and Kevin Herter. Oh, I mean, obviously me those too. were both just awful performances. I thought Kevin Herter might do better than that, but man, that was eight. rough. Eight for Kevin Herter, an actual yeah. three point shooter. That blew my mind. Julius Randle had no business being in this, yeah. but obviously with Anthony Simons. Out, I, I get Come it. On. There's so many other guys that could have done I, it. There had to have been others that turned down this contest because you gotta you gotta do better than Julius Randle here. And he looked, I mean, he didn't even get all of his shots off. He was very slow. But Kevin Herter with eight was on another level bad. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, they could have asked somebody else in the all-star game. I mean, I mm-hmm. think Anthony Edwards probably would have done it. Yeah. So yeah, he probably would have been more fun than than Julius Randle. But let me ask you this. So Tyree scores 31 in the first round he scores 17 in the second round total of 48 points buddy 25 and 23 so he had a total of 48 points i think dame Lillard had 26 in both rounds if i'm not mistaken he did he did so he ended up having 52 which i guess it really wouldn't matter but do you like that there's only two rounds because i kind of feel like it'd be cooler if there was three i do not like two rounds because even i was a little bit confused in there to being like wait this this is the final round it's only second round like yeah okay like that that's interesting and then they have like the score to beat and that that was kind of it because it, it was i don't know a, a lot of the rules i feel like they they've changed a bunch of even some of the other things like the skills competition which we'll get into later but i felt like there would have been a final two instead of a final three or that's yeah. what i would have liked to have seen yeah i think it's been final three for a couple of years now if i'm not mistaken but i just don't like it as much it feels very anticlimactic. So. I kind of like going from eight to four to two because then Jason Tatum could have been back in it. And one of the things too, that I didn't love, it's like, so Damian Lillard went last in this whole entire group. So he got to see what he needed to win. Right. So I mean, they kind of gave him the edge here by letting him go last. And then after that, you know, he was the second high score. So he was, you know, right up after having a break with buddy in the commercial break. So he was still pretty loose, still pretty warm, but Tyrese went second had to watch six more guys shoot, and then had to watch Buddy and uh, Buddy and Dame shoot again. So he had to watch eight more rounds before he got to go again. I don't think it was that Tyrese was shooting bad in that last round. I think it was just that he just didn't have a chance to really get loose and warm. It was a tough round for Tyrese. Like he got off to a bad start in that final round to the point where like you kind of knew early on, like all right, I don't think he has much of a chance and. It's uh, it's definitely unfortunate. The 17 points, uh, 17 in the final round, a far cry from his original 31. But that's a good point by you. Is like, hey, he did have to wait a long time, and that definitely did not help. Yeah, and I think the good thing is, you know, with it being in Indianapolis next year, we know we'll at least have somebody representing us yep. in the in the three point contest because uh, Larry Markinen shot pretty. I don't know what he finished with, but I didn't think he was terrible. Did he have terrible. 20? Did he have 20 points too as well? I, I think it was. I think it was 20. Okay, I, I thought he was shooting pretty well earlier, then he started missing a bunch. So, you know, it, it's cool that there's a chance that maybe Tyrese and or Buddy could be back next year for this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I was just thinking this would have been really cool if it had been three rounds. But I also think now, tell me if you think I'm wrong here, but I have a feeling that if Buddy and Tyrese were flipped for who went first in the last round, the one of the Pacers would have won. It's very possible. I can't say that you're wrong there, but Buddy was was real close. Like I know we mentioned that, you know, Lillard beat him out by one, but like Buddy missed both of his long range shots, mm-hmm. which are worth three points each. If he hits either one of those, he wins. It also came down to Lillard hit his final four, 
to be able to edge Buddy out by one, but he also hit both of his long-range shots. So it was just like Buddy was right there. It was just that Lillard ended up hitting the balls that mattered most, the long ones, the last four. Um, and it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, for Dame, this was his third time uh, in the contest, first time winning. He announced he's retired from three-point contest. Buddy, we know, won in 2020, but – I, I just really wanted to see either Buddy or Tyrese win it, and I was leaning towards <laughs> Buddy just because it felt like this is finally his year from three-point land. And I want to tell a random story. So I was picking out a new mattress uh, for my wife and I. For This is very uh, random. Very random. We're getting there. All right. So I got a Pacer sweatshirt on. The guy who's selling us a mattress, I kid you not. And look, for, for the story, just because it's context, we're in New Jersey. All right. I'm wearing a Pacers sweatshirt, and the guy goes, three-point contest tonight. What are you thinking? Is Buddy taking it? And I was like, what? We got the mattress guy at Raymore and Flanagan talking about Buddy. And this guy was like, he was like, man, Buddy, I mean, he's been the top three-point guy, but hasn't led the league in outright threes. I was stunned. I was stunned. I was like, like, wow. Like, you really don't hear about the Pacers in, like, New Jersey, let alone, you know, when you're shopping for a mattress out here. But this guy was all in on on wanting either Buddy or Halliburton to win it. I I was impressed. It really got me fired up. It made me believe, like, oh, you know, I was talking a big game. I was like, oh, this is Buddy's year. He's going to take it with this and that. And and you know what? Hey, I know Buddy came up short, but it was a really good effort. So I'll give him that. Man, mattress guy knows his stuff. That's for dang sure. I mean, why don't you have him on the pod, bro? I got him to subscribe. He was like, well, he was, you got oh. a podcast? Like, what's the podcast name? I was like, set the page. Check us out. He, he <laughs> broke out his phone. You know what? He he ended up following it. And you know what? He got the sale. We bought the mattress. Yeah, so. That is funny, man. I won't lie. It's it's really funny when you meet people that listen to your show because we really don't know who listens. We know exactly. some. We yeah. don't know every listener or people that follow us on Twitter, stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm playing in a rec basketball league on Thursday nights, which, are, which you know about, Flash, which I don't mm-hmm. think everybody else knows about. One of the guys I was refereeing, and so I'm like, I'm kind of like player coach type thing. Like I play like maybe like four minutes a game tops. I'm, I'm more so just trying to make sure I keep the peace with everybody because, you know, when you have a bunch of guys playing and you're trying to make subs, it's just nobody wants to come out. Nobody wants to sit on the bench. So you got to kind of have someone there to be able to, like, determine who's doing that. So that's kind of my job, try to keep the peace. But, <laughs> you know, the officiating in the rec leagues are not great. I- I'll be right. honest with you. It's they're not trying. It's a running clock, 20 minute half. So they're not going to call fouls. The whole time, I think the last two minutes is when it stops and stuff like that. So, I just went over to the ref and I was just basically just saying, "Hey, I just want to make sure you know." I wasn't chirping; some other guys were chirping a lot. I said, "I just want to make sure that you know there's no hard feelings." And I said, "I'm sorry if we got out of hand." And basically, it was cool. And at the end, I said, "What's your name again?" And he told me his name, and I said, like, "What's your name?" I said, "Alex." He goes, "What's your last name?" I said, "Golden." He's like, I "Follow you on Twitter." I was like, "Well, that's oh, kind of weird." Great, but it's just so it's so surreal sometimes, man. It's just like you don't realize how like small our bubble is, but mm-hmm. but how many people are out there. So really cool stuff. But last thing I'll say here, I just feel like if Tyrese had gone first in the in the final round flash here of the three point contest, I think that the pressure's not on him as much. Like the pressure's on to set the tone, but the pressure's not on like, oh, I gotta beat this score. And I think his first time being on the big stage here, first all-star weekend where he's really involved. Um, and, the, and the Saturday night stuff, right? I think I think for him, maybe the stage wasn't too big, but it was just his first taste. Maybe he, you know, got a little bit nervous. Maybe he choked a little bit. I don't know. You can call it what it is. So he just a little nervous out there shooting. Didn't feel as loose. And I think Tyrese even said it in one of his uh, press conferences, like, uh, you know, shooting, it's all mental. So I think mentally he just got in his head thinking, I got to beat this score. And it was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. You know, I scored 31 the first time. I just, you know, got to go out there and, and do it. And 
Unfor- unfortunately, he didn't. So I think if you know Buddy had gone last, I think Buddy, being a former champion, like just knowing the big stage that the three-point contest is, I think he would have had a better chance of beating Dame's score of 26 there in that second round. But no offense, nothing, nothing wrong with Tyrese going last. I just think if they were flipped, maybe we get a Pacer champion. Yeah, I also think Dame does excel under pressure. I mean, he's been very clutch. But also, this is where you got to factor in. His third time around in the three-point contest compared to Halliburton's first, it, it's got to make a difference. You know, you just there's certain things that you're like, okay, I might need to, you know, speed up a little bit more in the beginning or take my time, you know, a little bit more on that last rack or, or whatever it is. I just feel like that comes with experience. And, and unfortunately, Dame had more than Tyrese Halliburton, but I thought Halliburton, obviously, having the best round of the night, he put on a good show, just unfortunately came a bit short when it mattered most in the final round. Yeah, I think the most ironic and and, and most cool thing that happened was that Tyrese scored 31 points in the first round in front of number 31, the that, man that he just cool. met this weekend. I didn't think about that, and it was nice to see them get that picture together. Uh, yeah. I know, like, inside, a lot of us are probably thinking, like, what? It took this long for them to meet? But in reality, <laughs> Hal Burton's only really been a pacer for about a year. And yeah. obviously, Reggie Miller's very busy. Uh, so it was great to be able to, you know, finally get a picture of them meeting. And it's like, it's not that he, like, passed the torch to Hal Burton, but we like to feel that it's that way of, like, hey, this was Reggie's team for, for 18 years, and you would love it for it to be Halliburton's <laughs> team for anywhere even close to 18 years. Yeah, and I want to I bring this up real quick, Fachi, because Halliburton was on 107.5 The Fan, Kevin Bowen, Jake Query, you know, two guests of our uh, of our show here, and we, we love talking with those guys. And they had Tyrese on before he went to the All-Star break, and, and basically they were asking them about the All-Star weekend and, and how important it is to play for this franchise. And he said that Reggie Miller texted him, and he texted him some encouraging words about embracing where you are and soaking it all in. And he said, I've yet to meet Reggie in person. I'm looking forward to that. So they finally got to meet. I thought it was cool that he admitted that on air that they hadn't met. And then a couple other things that he said, he said, I know Paul still gets booed when he comes here. And hopefully that stops eventually. Tyrese is not wanting Pacer fans to boo Paul George when he comes here. I don't think Tyrese is going to be able to shut everybody down. But do you think these comments are going to help maybe quiet some of the boos? They could. But time, you would like to think time heals all wounds. And I do think the boos have gotten less over the years. I mean, Paul George put on a show the last time the Pacers, you know, played played the Clippers when he played uh, earlier this season. The Pacers walked away with that win. Um, but in the beginning, when, when Paul George made his first appearance back to India, those boos were heavy. Mm-hmm. But Which let's is, not, That makes sense. That makes it, sense. It makes though. sense. It makes perfect sense. But let's not act like there weren't some great, fond memories with Paul George. Like, I think I've told you personally, well, I went to a Pacer game right around my birthday, and I had the, the opportunity to meet Paul George. He took his shoe off and gave it to me. It's one of my most prized possessions that I have. I think I've ne- heard that story. I'll never forget it. I yeah. have it in a nice shadow box in my childhood bedroom at my parents' place. And, <laughs> dude, it, it's such a sick shoe because it was never released. It was before he got his official Nike uh. shoe. So it's like a, you know, one-of-one prototype shoe that only he had and that's something i'll never forget so i'm always conflicted when it comes to paul george because after jermaine o'neal that was my favorite player and you know i I don't want us to always have you know hold hate for paul george one day you want to even hear him really talk fondly about the pacers which you know we haven't really heard much from him in a fond way
Uh, I will I will say this that Paul did reach out to Tyrese about it being a great organization when he got traded here. So we did hear that. Yep. It, it's not that Paul is totally bashing it. I think they asked Tyrese on the radio about how important it is to be a face of the franchise, but not eventually get your marketability up so high that you have to leave the small, fr- you know, the small fr- you know, town, the small market, and, and go to the bigger franchise. And, and Tyrese just said, I'm very aware of all that. He said, I think one thing that is overlooked is just how every situation is different and that, you know, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that people don't really know about. So I, I'm not saying that Paul George was in the right for what he did, but there's probably some stuff we really don't know that happened and, and we can only kind of read the tea leaves of what was said and what's not been said. I mean, yes, it, it does make sense that Paul's from the West coast. He wanted to be out there and, and more power to him. That's part of the player empowerment era. Don't have a problem with it, but look about, look at all the crappy teams that were assembled around him after, after Hibbert and West left. I mean, it was tough. I mean, we were barely making it as a seventh or eight seed. We were stuck, stuck on the treadmill of mediocrity. And I think for Paul wanting to leave, I don't really blame him for it because of where we were at. But as a fan, it just stinks to see the franchise guy that you're totally invested in quit on your team, so to say. So, you know, I, I thought it was interesting, though, just from Halliburton's perspective. Like, he he loves the, the, the city. He's from, a, he's from a small market. He understands that this is close to home to him. So I don't think it'll be as big of a deal being in a small market. Uh, he's pretty much gotten a ton of national recognition since he's been traded here. So I think as far as that goes, his name is still very popular and people are learning more and more about his game and stuff like that. So as long as that's the case, I think we'll be fine. The biggest problem is Tyrese is going to want to win eventually, and that's what we're going to have to do is get a winning basketball team around Tyrese. No doubt about it. And when you mentioned it, some of the teams that we assembled around Paul George, it's like there's no way to say no offense to those guys, but, I mean, let's call it like it is. Surrounding a superstar with C.J. Miles, Al Jefferson, Rodney Stuckey, I mean, that's not really going to get it done <laughs> Solomon anywhere. Hill. Solomon Hill. I mean, the, the list goes on. You look at some of those teams, and a lot of those guys never played in the NBA after their stint with the Pacers. Mm-hmm. So, Buttinger. I mean, Kevin Serafin. Look, friend of the sh- guy came on our show a couple years ago. Appreciate it. But, you know, we, we got to call it like it is. And it's just the Pacers did not do a good enough job surrounding Paul George with the necessary talent. I also think that, you know, they wanted him to play out of position. Larry Bird did. Paul George was very conflicted on that. And some things have changed. It's now more of a positionless NBA. But uh, I, I think that the Pacers have done a better job in the following years of, like, really making their their star players feel a little bit, you know, more loved. I feel like Tyrese Halliburton is having his name out there much more. I mean, I remember when Oladipo did the mass Singer. Like, I felt like it was things to be like, hey, let's, like, showcase these guys a, a little bit more and, and not have it feel like a small market. I feel mm-hmm. like Sab- Sabonis's personality wasn't kind of on the same level as like maybe an Oladipo or a Halliburton where you want to be showcased more. But we, we've talked about that before. I think they could have done a little bit better of a job making him feel like a bit more of a star. But I think with Halliburton, they're doing things differently. And I think they're doing things right. No, I, I agree with you, Bachi. So let's, let's actually... Go back to the All-Star Weekend. I got a little sidetracked there, but I thought it was important to bring that up just because when Tyrese speaks, it's always interesting to listen to what he has to say. So going back to All-Star Weekend, the Rising Stars games, um, we did have some success here, Fachi. As Team Pow took home the trophy with Benedict Mather and Andrew Nimhart on that team, and it was really cool to see. But Ben Mather, 14 points in both games, and you know they have the target scoring there. I like that. I think it was fun. Ben Mather, though, was... 
third highest score out of every player in the Rising Stars game, just behind Quentin Grimes, who had 27, and Jose Alvarado at 18 and won the MVP of the game. So, you know, Matherin really showed out, but I think potentially the play of the the entire Rising Stars was that behind-the-back pass from Nimhard to Alvarado when he was mic'd up. So I don't know what your thoughts were on all that, but really cool to to see them pull out the victory. That was an awesome pass from Nimhard. And to be honest, when you're talking about being a highlight of maybe the game, that was definitely Nimhard's highlight. He ends up going just 0-for-1 from the field in the two games. He did hit two free throws. He had a couple assists, steal, block. But that was really his moment. And then as it relates to Benedict Matherin, you mentioned third highest scorer overall, led all rookies in scoring. So mm, I thought, yeah, so when you're talking about, you know, Matherin, we know how competitive he is. This wasn't just like some rising stars tournament for him. Like he really <laughs> wanted MVP from the very first second, you know, just drive straight to the hoop, gets fouled, hits the first basket of the whole entire tournament, uh, ends up having, you know, out of all rookies, I believe had the most shots. He had six shots in uh, in one game, and I want to say it might have been five shots in the other one. So he's got 11 shots in those games. Uh, he was super active. I know King's Twitter was was very uh, very hurt that he didn't pass it to Keegan Murray at one point when Murray was in the corner. I saw King's fans all over that. But Matherin <laughs> really wanted to make a statement. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I know he didn't get MVP, but I felt like if Alvarado wasn't as good as he was, Matherin very well may have won MVP. Yeah, if Matherin hit the game winner, then maybe yeah. he would have got game it. Game winning but assist. Yeah, it was just interesting though because I felt I think it was uh, Candace Parker that like the, the the TNT broadcast picked the MVP, but they were mic'd up talking to Alvarado the whole time. So it's like I, uh, maybe there was a little bit of bias in that. There, I mean, there was there was, but, a but Alvarado bit. did play really well. He I did. mean, he he didn't even start that first uh, that last game though. He came off the bench, so mm-hmm. it was a uh, it was interesting. But I love the step back three that Matherin hit. And yeah. uh, all I got to say is Pau Gasol, uh, he wasn't afraid to start Benedict Matherin. So, you know, <laughs> yep. you know look, at what, look at what Matherin can do when he's a starter, Fachi. <laughs> exactly. Look, it was um, he was definitely the guy that was, I feel like, really featured out there, whether it was him, you know, just being super active. But like, you know, he had four free throw attempts in one of the games. And, you know, like I mentioned, five and six shots in, in each game. So, um, he was really active. I would have loved to have seen him win MVP. And I, I think that, you know, that was definitely evident. He wanted it. And he was, you know, playful with Alvarado, snatched his headband off. And, you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of, you know, just, just some, some fun playfulness. But I think Matherin did enough to really be noticed by the rest of the league and, and the yeah. fans that were watching. But uh, one guy that I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of, Scoot Henderson. Uh, for, for Team Jason Terry, obviously the G League team, Scoot, just like and this is someone we expect to be the second overall pick in the draft, just one of five from the field, three turnovers. He did have two steals, two assists, four points, but also got like blocked by Jabari Smith Jr. And I don't know, it just kind of felt like it wasn't um, that like watch out for Scoot Henderson type of performance. And it's kind of hard to do it in this type of setting. But that was someone that I was a bit more excited to see. And I don't want to say let down, but I didn't leave with saying this guy made a statement. No, I, I definitely think in that situation, it's just hard for those yes. young guys that aren't really NBA players yet that haven't gone through all the draft process. Like, yes, they're in the G League, and yes, that they're playing against NBA-level talent, I guess you could say. 
it's just a totally different ball game when you're on the big stage with the biggest lights. And it's just like, maybe he over, uh, overthought it and it was just like a mental thing for him and it, it's good for him. But let me ask you this because what do you got, you know, back in the day, they just had rookies versus sophomores and I kind of missed that format. So I, I, I feel like this version of the rising stars thing is, eh, it's very mad to me. It is what it is. I'm not going to complain too much about it. I thought the jerseys were pretty cool. But I don't necessarily love having four teams and then playing the, playing three games. I'd rather them just play one game like normal, like they used to do it, get guys a little bit more opportunity out there to, like, get some minutes, I guess you could say. But it would probably eliminate the G League players from it. But I don't necessarily think the G League needs to be that promoted at All-Star Weekend in the, in the Rising Stars game. I think that they can have their own G League showcase type thing. But uh, as great as Scoot was, like I'd rather him – you know, showcase what he can do against players he's playing with all the time instead of just throwing him in there into like a random game against other NBA players. It's just like, yeah, okay, that seems like a little bit of a disadvantage to some of the other guys that could be in the draft this year. Yeah, I completely agree. And going into this, I mean, maybe I missed the game last year. I can't even remember at this point, just blurs together. But like, I was like, four teams, okay. Like, you know, there's there's going to be three games. Uh, like the final score, it's like it was just a 40. You know, they're doing the, the Elam ending and, and it's just – this game, it, it went by, the final one went by so quickly. It was 40 to 25. I mean, the majority of the players play like six minutes Yeah, in, in that game. That is just not enough time to really feature anyone. And to your point, I do miss when, I miss when it was rookies versus sophomores for a full game where you get to see them go back and forth. And in this game, it was just like, I mean, you talk about it, like Nemhard, it doesn't even have a shot attempt in the first game. He has one shot attempt in the second game. It, it's just like... It's hard to really even make a statement at all, and and I think they're doing so much tinkering with the rules that I, I could barely even keep up. And this is someone who watches the NBA all the time, so imagine what your casual NBA fan is thinking. Mm-hmm. They're probably like, "What is even going on right now?" So, right. and and they they messed with the skills challenge as well. It's just that they're every year they're trying to fix this, and I just feel like they make it just a tad bit weirder than the previous year. So you had some complaints about the skills oh, yeah. challenge. You said this is just so disgusting. So <laughs> uh, talk to me, talk to everybody about this and why you hated it. You, uh, you're, you're on your soapbox, Fachi. So uh, I am on my soapbox. I sat there with my wife and I was like, what did I just witness? You're talking, you're calling this <laughs> the skills competition. First of all, they switched another, t- another t- you know, situation that they switched. This was year two of like a team format. So it was like the Utah Jazz versus, uh, you know, I would say Giannis's brothers. who was supposed to be the yeah, to the Kumpos. I'll exactly. say it for you. Just yeah. And then the other team was was the rookies. It was Jay Nivey, Paul Bancaro, uh, Jabbar Smith Jr. And I mean, they had like a whole passing drill where they're just going back and forth as if they were almost like playing like dodgeball, just throwing <laughs> the ball back and forth, bouncing it, this, this, and that. Then next, there was a three point contest. I guess you'll call it, from from all over the three-point arc for 60 seconds. Uh, Antetokounmpo's basically <laughs> I, I pronounced it wrong. Uh, Antetokounmpo's. Yeah, it's, it's a mouthful right there. They made one three-pointer in 60 seconds. One. Oh <laughs> and, I mean, that was brutal. The problem was from for Paulo, Jabari, and Jaden Ivey, I complained that that was the worst round I'd ever seen. They made two. So, I mean, it was like we saw a skills competition that basically featured a bunch of guys that could not make a three-pointer, which makes you feel that there's got to be random fans in the crowd that could have made at least one. Yeah. And tie them. So, 
not 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 good. The one thing I like about it is that it featured uh, the city that was uh, the team of the city that's hosting the All Star yeah. Game. So like the Utah Jazz players got to be featured in there, and in, in Colin Sexton. Walker Kessler and Jordan Clarkson, you know, three guys that would not have really been featured elsewhere outside of Walker Kessler. So that was cool to see, but that is something where in 2007, it was like LeBron James, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, and like some, I can't remember the other really established player, but like it used to be bigger names and either you got to step this skills competition up or maybe even get rid of it. But what I witnessed the other night was, and nothing nothing with skills included in it. Yeah, they got to get better contestants for it. I mean, I enjoyed watching the Skills Challenge on Sabonis one a couple years ago. That was cool. Yeah, I think Tyrese won it last year with Desmond Bain. So, you know, whatever that thing was, that little thing where uh, Scotty <laughs> Barnes and whoever he was on a team with, they couldn't hit a layup. They missed like five or seven of them mm-hmm. in a row. I mean, it was pathetic. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of miss the – the one where they had like the celebrity or the former, uh, the Hall of Fame player, like the legend from. Oh that yeah, team, that's another a way that they tinkered with, with it. a current mm-hmm. player. Because remember that it was like I remember Tamika Catchings did it. I don't remember who was all with the Pacers. I don't think Reggie did it, but it was like no. a current Pacer, Tamika Catchings, and somebody else. And I, I kind of like that. I think that was kind of cool. They used to have the half court shot in yeah. there. Like I mean, I guess at this point, if the, if if the guys couldn't make a three pointer, a half court shot could have been you know a little bit worse, but. Uh, it would have been more was, fun to watch. It, it could have been. But this was one where, like, my wife has watched this, and she's just like, are any of these guys actually good? And I was like, ah, a, a couple of them are. They're, they're just, you know, just having some, a rough go at it. Like, I didn't know how to really explain it to her of, like, this is atrocious what we're watching right now without her saying, okay, then can we change it? You know, because then <laughs> I would be like, whoa, 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 can't change the channel yet. But – uh, I would like to see some made baskets here. Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you this last thing here for the uh, All-Star weekend before the Sunday night game, just Friday, Saturday stuff. Slam dunk contest. Mac McClung, did he bring the slam dunk contest back? I mean, look, everybody's saying he saved the slam dunk contest. Like, did he save it for one year? Like, I, I don't know. Look, the, the dunk contest has been going downhill for quite some time. I do think that he very much did put on show. I, I definitely want to give him that. Guy's like five foot eleven, and he made all of his dunks on the first try, which I think is the underratedly impressive part. And then nearly four perfect fifty scores. Lisa Leslie kind of gypped him on one to, to give him a forty nine point eight uh, on on one round. So, what were your thoughts on Max' performance? Yeah, honestly, I wasn't opposed to Lisa Leslie giving him a forty nine, and I actually like how they're all doing like you know a score of fifty instead of you know, up to 50 instead of, you know, like yep. a nine or a nine and a half, whatever. I like that. It's just like you give them a 49, a 50, a 48, and then do an average of all that. I think that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it matters that much, but I just liked yeah. it better. <laughs> but I will say the first dunk that he did was better than the second dunk. So I can see yeah. why she gave him a 49 because it's like, yeah, it was great, but it wasn't as good as the first one. He set the bar high. So you got to, you got to up the, the the bar after that to, to get another 50. So I, I wasn't opposed to that, but you know, I thought, I thought KJ Martin, um, had some nice dunks and honestly even though he missed a couple and had some you know weird things like he had that 3d printer basketball with his dad out there it was pretty cool yeah uh but the dunks that he had were actually pretty good like i I feel like the first dunk that he got the score on like the lowest score in the first round like that was probably the second best dunk in the first round um of dunks so you know to me it's like I, i think that maybe 
he will restore some interest in it, Mac McClure. Yeah, I think and so. I believe Zion Williamson said this he in, did. A, in a press release that he wants to do the same dunk contest, but if he's going to do it, next year's got to be the year. So in Indianapolis, we could get Zion in the slam dunk contest versus Mac McClung. I think that could be really interesting. No, that would be pretty cool. Um, I think Zion is like that much bigger name that the dunk contest has been lacking because like you look at some of the guys from the past and, and you know, no disrespect, but like Hamadou Diallo and, and Jeremy Evans. I mean, th- these are guys that are like, you know, like they're they're just not stars. And Unfortunately, and, Glenn Robinson the third's in that same group. Exactly, and the Pacers have had you know a, a lot of representation in the past. And Fred Jones won it first back in the day, but it's just like an all star hasn't won it since 2018 with Donovan Mitchell. And you don't have to be an all star, but you want to at least like be in the NBA. I mean, Mac McClung, like yes, he technically just got signed by the 76ers. I don't know if we'll see him play, but it was cool. <laughs> To see, you know, he did put on a show. The, the the players were into it. A lot of people, Magic Johnson, Shaq, said that he saved the dunk contest. I hope that lasts. But now he's at least built up enough buzz where, like, if Zion's in it next year, you at least know it's like, okay, well, Zion has some competition there. So yeah. for that, it, it, it's fun. Last thing I want to say on that, Jericho Sims with his, like, piece of paper clip, uh, clip to the net was uh, – it was, like, embarrassing. Oh, Honestly, that was ridiculous. What that was, was that? That was bad. And he pulled a thing off that said 50. And he yeah. didn't even score 50. Come no, on. No, it was like, I think he ended up getting like a 48 on it, but I felt like it should have been lower. I and then it was he, that high. And then he hurt his arm on it. I was like, what? Like, I, I was just like, what are we doing over uh, here? So All he did was the honey dip, and he did it, it again. Like, that it, was his first dunk, which was like, okay, exactly. Cool. And then he did it again with one arm. I'm like. Come on, dude. You can't come up with anything else with the honey dip. I know. And like, look, maybe this is us being, you know, old men on our porch saying like, oh, well, back in my day, you know. Well, not even we, that. You know, that was just, but, that was ridiculous. I know. But, but that's where we were at was like some of these, I was like, what was that? Like, yeah. how long have you been practicing that? So at least Mac McClung making it all, all four of his dunks on the first try had you a little bit more like invested instead of like waiting to be like, Okay, like when are you finally going to pull this off? I'm already over it. So I, I thought he did a good job. So I, I can't complain too much. I'll say Jericho Sims was to the slam dunk contest what Julius Randle was yes. to the three point contest. Come Spot on, man. On. Get the Knicks out of here. The Knicks are I a know. joke. It, it, this, this, I don't want to see him back in the contest. Like, been there, done that. We're moving on. It gave me almost like Birdman vibes when, like, you know, Birdman was in the dunk contest years ago, and it was just like it was just not good at all. And I knew from the start, like, okay, can we can we move on at this point? Uh, we, we didn't get to touch on it. Trey Mitchell. I mean, Trey Murphy. Trey Mitchell. Trey Murphy <laughs> the third. Sorry, Trey Mitchell's on on West Virginia University, who I root for. Oh, yeah. Trey Murphy. Um, he had some pretty cool dunks. The Jose Alvarado, you know, instance that that was fun. You know, it was it was, it was like a, a cool prop. Yeah. Uh, I know he made the finals, but yeah, not not bad, not great. I'd say. Yeah, he was he was all right. I know he interviewed uh, Tyrese Halliburton, asking him who he thought was going to win the slam dunk contest. So Halliburton obviously picked him because he was asking. <laughs> I don't know if that would have been Tyrese's real answer, but yeah. Uh, regardless, I, th- I thought it was a fun weekend. You know, cool. everybody everybody wants to complain about it. I I honestly just enjoy it. It is what it is at this point. So. You know, there's things I would change for sure. I think the one-on-one tournament could be cool if there's cash involved and stuff like that. So that's what the NBA needs. Yeah, yeah. I I think that they could do something like that and probably eliminate the skills challenge and stuff like that. But 
you know, the slam dunk contest, I think it's still going to be a big draw because when it's done right and you have good contestants, it's the most interesting thing going on that night. So, you know, I would say if you didn't like it, well, you know, there's always replays on YouTube where you can go watch old ones that were great. But at the same time, it's I still think it's really cool. I, I think that the create creativity is more impressive to me now just because there's so much more they have to come up with compared to before. I tried to tell my wife that. I was like, babe, you got to remember, like, pretty much every dunk's been been done or seen. It's like, it just gets harder and harder every single year. But what I will say, you know, just to not sound like, you know, an old man who's, who's got a gripe with All-Star Weekend, uh, the dunk contest was definitely better this year than the last few years, I thought. Mm-hmm. And the three-point contest, this was the most invested I've been Having Buddy and Tyrese in there, I was like really excited for that, like all day. Instead of being like, oh, all right, well, let's let's see what we're gonna get into tonight. Um, skills contest needs a a lot of tweaking. Um, they got to come up with something. But overall, solid All Star weekend. Yeah, and just want to give a quick shout out to Treble and Queen, and to Gabe York for representing the Pacers and the Mad Ants in the G League Showcase next next up game is what they call that. So. Uh, I want to give them a shout out for what they did in that game. But Fachi, go ahead and look up on where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you could find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You could find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You could find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at setting the pace. You can find us on TikTok at setting the pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Yes, you can go to youtube.com slash in the pace at Pacers Podcast and subscribe for all of our video content over there. But Fachi, if you were glad that Tyrese Halliburton represented the Pacers very well at All-Star Weekend, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Mm-hmm.